Are you ready to go the distance? When you're nearing retirement, it's essential that you have a written plan and know exactly how the plan will work. Life's about choosing where you want to go and mapping out a financial plan to get you there. The one thing you need is a plan. So what's the plan? Plan! I know plan! An experienced financial advisor can help you avoid potential hazards and find alternative routes. We pride ourselves in being different from other financial planning firms. During your initial consultation, we will get to know you and give you the chance to get to know us. Our friendly staff will make you feel comfortable the moment you walk in the door. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651, 712-224-4651, or log on to EFS4U.com, EFS, the number 4U.com. This is Mark from Mark on Money. Financial Literacy Month has come and gone, but coming up, I'm going to take the hot seat for a pop quiz about what people have learned during financial literacy. So we're going to have some fun today, so stay tuned. And now, live from the heart of Sioux City, Mark on Money, with your host, Mark Gilles. The key is having a plan in place, knowing what you're going to do, a place where your retirement questions are answered. You could be putting tens of thousands in jeopardy. You'll get the latest news on 401ks and retirement planning. It can make a profound difference with what you can and can't afford in retirement. If you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome in to Mark on Money. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Mark on Money with Mark Giels. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Mark, of course, certified financial planner. He is an independent, a fiduciary, helping folks for more than 30 years. Uh, EFS Wealth Management is where you find him. That website is EFS, the number four, the letter U.com. And uh, boy, so, uh, Mark, uh, with that much experience, you you have seen, you know, you've, seen, you've lived through a couple of these uh, recessions, huh? Yeah, um, yeah, too many to count. Almost. Yeah, it's probably yeah. what four or five, anyway. At least four or five. Yeah. Well, let's and some, see. And and some that uh, you know didn't really seem like recessions, but they were. You know, you know what the definition of a recession is, right? What's that? Your neighbor loses their job. Aha. <laughs> you know what the definition of a depression is? When you do. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of saw where you were headed with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you guessed it. So there you go. So ding, ding, ding. You got the right answer. Got the right answer. And uh, speaking of right answers, we're going to we're going to play a little game. Uh, Employee Benefit Research Institute, ERBI, uh, the Retirement Confidence Survey has been released. And uh, some of the results were pretty interesting. Uh, Some would say shocking, but we're going to put we're going to play not family feud, but we're going to play financial family feud. All right, you know how the game is played. If you get it wrong, you're going to hear this. And if you get it right, or no, that's if you get it right. If you get it wrong, you're going to hear this. Fantastic. (laughs) With all of that in mind, let's see what we know, or perhaps what you know, Mark. Um... 
So this is something, well, we, we found a bunch of different surveys. 1,011 working Americans were asked um, of the top three answers are here. Um, and of those surveyed, what are the top concerns among those worried about their financial future? Not having enough money, keeping up with the cost of living, or managing debt levels. What's number one, Mark? I would say keeping our uh, not having enough money or running out of money. <laughs> right you are. Um, and again, 68% was was worried about that. And then, uh, you know, it kind of fell off from there. But uh, keeping up with the cost of living, that's something that you can help us do from a retirement standpoint, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's just human nature that, you know, people think they just don't have enough money. And it doesn't matter how much money you have, you still don't think you have enough. Right. That's just, that's well, just that's, the way it is. That's the nature of the beast, right? That's, right. Uh, that's just being human. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, J.D. Rockefeller even said that back, you know, at the beginning of last century. He was asked, well, J.D., how much more money do you need? And he says, oh, just a little bit more. And he was the wealthiest person in, you know, the world. Right. Wow. So ask Elon Musk how much more money he needs or Jeff Bezos how much more money he needs, you know. A couple dollars more is always good. Right. <laughs> So, all right, uh, here's another one. Uh, the 587 working Americans uh, that were not confident about their ability to save throughout the uh, retirement. Um, so, again, there's, uh, let's go with the top three. There's little or no savings, uh, inflation, cost of living, or the economy slash recession, government volatility. What do you suppose people said there was the biggest? Inflation, cost of living, I think. Oh, Mo. No. Uh, so, no. Number, coming out number one um, was little or no savings. Unprepared, mm. can't afford to retire. I guess that's kind of a, that's a 40%. Uh, and it drops off. Uh, next is inflation, as you said, to 29%. Well, I would guess, yeah, probably unprepared on that first one. Maybe that's what threw me off a little bit. Um, okay. Because I think a lot of people do have you know, as they get closer to retire, they do have savings, but they just feel like, well, they're unprepared. They don't know anything about Medicare. They don't know anything about Social Security or when they should claim it. Um, they're just, they just don't know right. um, what they should do. And that's where we come in because we can help answer some of those questions that they may feel, you know, hesitant, unprepared about, you know, they might not know, and we can help with those, those answers. So um, that's what an advisor, a good advisor will do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what you do. And folks, if you want to reach out, it's 712-224-4651 or just visit the website EFS, the number for the letter U.com. And uh, you can reach Mark via email just right there on the website. So so this is fun. All so, right. Uh, let's keep yeah. going. 1,153 Americans said they were not confident about uh, living comfortably in retirement. So lifestyle, uh, basically. And um, so what were their top concerns that, uh, from a lifestyle standpoint, do you think? Uh, let's see. Social Security, uh, a workplace retirement savings plan, or personal retirement savings or investments? Hmm. Personal retirement savings or investments. Um, yeah, I'd say personal retirement savings or investments. Well, you're kind of right because there's so little difference between the top three answers. Uh, actually, the the, uh, the top one at 88% was Social Security. People are worried about Social Security going away. 
Huh. Well, last one was no savings. So right. Yeah, that's why I figured. Hey, you know what? Probably the same thing. But right. But um, but then so- I guess I guess with all the all the uh, I would call it fake news. Um, talking about Social Security, you know, going bankrupt. Yes. And and we've talked about this before on the show, and I talk about it all the time, Steve. You'd be surprised how many people really don't know how our Social Security system works. You know, it cannot go bankrupt. It cannot have enough money to pay out what their obligations are, but it's not going bankrupt because... Social Security right now is paying down excess money that has been accumulated over the years in the Social Security Trust Fund. The Social Security Trust Fund is expected to be depleted by the middle of next decade. But even if it gets depleted, Social Security is still going to pay out benefits. They just won't be able to pay out 100% of benefits, so everybody kind of gets a pay cut. But it's not like a company that goes out of business and closes its doors and lays everybody off. Right. No, you you continue to get your benefits, but you might get 10, 15, 20% less. I think the, the projection is somewhere around 15 to 20% reduction in benefits because Social Security right now today is paying out 100% of what it receives plus excess to make up for the benefit payments. So everything that you pay in from working is being paid out, you know, through distributions to people who are collecting Social Security benefits. So it is a pay-as-you-go type system where the working people are paying for the people who are non-working. Right. Well, and again, as a pay-as-you-go system, but here's the, to me, and, and we've talked about this as well, is that the numbers of people working versus the number of people on Social Security, those numbers are shifting. And right. so we're having a lot fewer workers out there and more people on Social Security. That in therein lies the problem. Right, because people are living longer, you know. So right. life expectancy has gone up and that's contributing to the problem. But when they when they fixed Social Security back in the eighties, they knew that it was not a permanent long term fix. They knew that they were just kicking the can down the road and there were gonna have to be more adjustments, which there have been some adjustments. Um and there is going to be more adjustments, but Social Security will be fine. It's it's not going away. It's not, you know, not disappearing. Um, but there will be changes, I'm sure, uh, and Congress will fix it. You know, it's like they're doing right now with a budget crisis. You know, they're going to wait to the last minute, and then they'll they'll fix it. I don't know why they do that. Um, you know, it's kind of like your kids when you tell them to stop doing something, they keep on doing it until you're going to put them in time out. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what we should do as Congress some days. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think a good time out for all those people would be great. Exactly. Well, let's keep going here. And um, uh, all right, so we came up there. Let's see. All right, this is, <laughs> I like this one. 2,537 working and retired Americans have been surveyed. The uh, top three answers right here. Um, the, the question is, who do they trust most with their finances? Family and friends, online resources and research you do on your own, or a personal professional financial advisor? I would say, you know, I'm a little biased on this one, but I would guess it's their advisor. 
Yeah, that's worth that's worth two dings. <laughs> that's worth two dings. <laughs> the uh, well, that's true because I, I mean, you know, I think it, it it goes without saying that we a lot of people. Uh, this is in a different survey, but a lot of people think that that. Um, you know, you're our financial coach. They think of you as a coach. Uh, and, and that's really what you are. You're helping us because what, what athlete out there, you know, doesn't have a coach that helps them get better. Right. And, and you have to adjust the path that you're on sure. in order to make sure that you get to that, that final playoff game. Um, and that's what we do. I mean, yeah, we, we do that. I mean, we act as a, sometimes an emotional coach, you know, where there's, you know, bad diagnoses or, you know, a spouse dies or, God forbid, one of your children passes away. Um, but, and we're friends. I mean, we celebrate, you know, events too. I mean, we celebrate successes uh, with our clients. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a great uh, it's a great business. It's one of the things that brings the most satisfaction to advisors is that personal relationship that's there. Sure. I mean, again, you, you're building the family, essentially, because that's how they become. And and you talk about being friends. You talk about celebrating milestones. It's graduation season. I'm sure there's a few folks that are uh, celebrating. Absolutely. Yep. And, uh, you know, the other thing, one of the other here answers here was family and friends. I'm not sure that that's, I mean, it's not a bad thing to talk to family and friends, but don't rely on them for the best information. Yeah, but the fourth one that you mentioned, or the last one, what the, the workplace people that, that they know from work. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know about that one as being the, the least positive or the least uh, choice. Maybe they don't trust them, but the thing is, is a lot of them listen to them, and that's that. That to me is is um, not really the best place to get advice because they have totally different situations. Of you course, know, you know, one person, different age, different family makeup. You know, you name it. You know, one person, you know, does this doesn't mean you should do the same thing. You got to look at that. Exactly. Well, I mean, again, I think that's where starting out, you know, helping you set up that 401k, what your HR department does. But beyond that, you know, um, yeah, I'm not sure that that's uh, that's where I'd go. Right. Yeah. The um, uh, And then the, the online research, I mean, you know, AI, well, where, where's your take on that, Mark? I mean, I'm curious. It's I, I just read a story. I, I mean, I brief, briefly glanced at a story talking about uh, they fed information into AI and then an advisor and then basically combined the plans. Yeah, and, and that's fantastic. And I think, you know, AI can enhance what um, – might be generic advice from AI with thoughtful advice from an advisor. And putting those two together, I think, creates a pretty good outcome. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've used AI to uh, help to um, proof different things, um, help to uh, look at situations and you know describe them in a in a format that i could do but it would take me a while to type mm -hmm. and uh, it would take me a while to put that thought into context and i think 
where the advisor comes in with AI is is that last statement I just said is helping to put that information into context where it applies to that situation because AI is is really pretty generic in terms of its advice and it doesn't know all of the details and it doesn't know about human emotion mm-hmm. and human emotion and behavior uh, are the you know are the two things that affect financial decisions so it's your personal biases and your emotions that can really be a detriment um, I don't think AI understands procrastination um, I may should ask it you know have you ever procrastinated ask ask the AI that question I, I'd like to see what it it says yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we all do right right. Yes, exactly. And and, um, so I like what you said, too, is that it can help put things in context. And that is an important piece to to really remember about what AI can do and and how working together with it can be pretty beneficial. Right. I think it it enhances what was already there. Um, I don't think it um, is going to take an advisor's place anytime soon. Sure. No, of course not. No. Um, and um, all right, we've got one more question here, and uh, we'll continue. Let's see. Okay, 687 working Americans recently made changes to their retirement plans, were surveyed. The top four answers are on the board. They were asked, what have you done in the past year with your workplace retirement plan? Uh, one, use the tool or calculate to calculate it to estimate how much you need to save for retirement, increasing the amount you contribute, switch to more conservative investments, or contacted their retirement plan providers, representatives, or service center for advice. Wow. I would guess just save more money because I think that's what most people try to do. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, you got to save more money. And, and it, it really, it doesn't matter... If you've already started and maybe you had to take a breather for, you know, COVID or whatever, but just get back to it and continue. Right. And and it, I guess it depends on where they're at in their in their life cycle because there's – it's a hard – you know, people go through life cycles, and, and I used to do a course – I used to teach a course um, – that was a nine-hour financial literacy course, and we went through the family or the an individual's life cycle. And so, let me see if I can remember this because this has been this has been twenty years ago, Steve, since I went through this. But I can still see the book, and <laughs> I remember the the conversations because I gave you know it's like a professor standing yeah, sure. up in front of class and giving this talk, you know, a hundred times. And and so here's here's usually what happens, and I, I explain it to people is you know you you begin you know you're just out of college you're just taking your first job you know you don't you're not making very much money now you know i I can't afford to save anything and this is just excuses that people make about not being able to save money and then the next one is well you just got married you know we're saving up for a house you know you know we can't save money now and then the next part of your life is, well, we've got children, we've got a mortgage payment, we've got car payments, you know, who can afford to save any money for retirement? And then it's the next one is, well, our kids are in college, we got to pay for college. And, and before you know it, um, you're a few years away from retirement. And then the and then the excuse is, well, 
you know, we don't have any money saved and it doesn't it doesn't really, you know, how can we save for retirement? It it isn't going to matter. We're just a few years away now. Um and yeah. And then right. now we're retired and you know, we don't have anything. Well, then and we want to avoid that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, increasing savings and you know, understanding that thought process that you go through that's the behavior bias of, of saying, you know, no, you've, you've got to save money. You can always save money. Um, you know, I remember Jim Cramer, you know, you may love him or hate him, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, he's a celebrity. He is. He lived in his car um, in Los Angeles, and he still saved money. You know, he couldn't afford to pay rent, but he was freelancing, you know, and he was still sending money into his Fidelity investment, $25 a month or whatever it was, but he still had consistency of putting something away into uh, investments. Okay, yeah. Um, Well, I took a moment and uh, I actually uh, found a chat GPT, which is what people are using, and uh, I said, do you procrastinate? Okay, and what, so it, did, it, what well, did it say? So what it said, one, it took a lot longer than I thought to generate an answer, because generally it's almost immediate. Okay, <laughs> that said, as an AI language model, I don't experience human emotions or behaviors like procrastination. I'm designed to provide prompt and helpful responses to the best of my abilities. However, I can understand and provide information on the topic of procrastination if you are interested. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That was there you go. All right. The uh, well, yeah. That's that's funny. That is kind of funny. And and um, so when you say switch to a more conservative investment, that really is uh, it happens when you get a little bit older. We kind of want to go more conservative. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to put your money into the purpose that it's designed for, and as you get closer to that retirement age, you want to have money that is safe for withdrawal of it and that's another thing that's hard is is you know that last question um you know that you talked about is you know what's the number one thing that people did to the retirement plans well they increased the amount that they were contributing yes and and now you're changing your behavior and there's that period of time and and i share this in my class that i used to teach 20 years ago (laughs) is you've got this period of time between when the kids move out of the house and you retire you know, now you've got dual income. Maybe your mortgage is almost paid off. No more college expense expenses. Hopefully, the kids don't move back home with a couple more tagging along with them. Uh, but you've got you know ten you know ten years or so to really save a tremendous amount of money. And even if you haven't saved a whole lot up to that point, it still makes a difference. So you should be maxing out your four hundred one ks. You should be contributing the maximum to Roth IRAs, um, you know, putting aside as much money as you possibly can in that short period of time because it does make a difference. You don't see the compounding effect of money that maybe you would have seen had you done it 30 years before, but you still are accumulating money that you're going to be able to generate income off of during retirement. So everything helps. Right. And and again, that's what it takes. It just takes some discipline and uh, well, and money, just the two. Right. Yeah. The um, and so where's where's the where's the bonus round here, Steve? We don't have one. Yeah. And and and, and no money know, involved. Your name is really fitting for Family Feud. You know that, right? Why is that? 
Well, Steve Harvey. Oh, Steve, Steve Harvey. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, that brings the question. So, uh, who besides Steve Harvey host has hosted um, uh, Family Feud? Well, there was um, the only one I can remember is the the is Dawson, the guy that went around Richard and kissed Dawson. Every, he was the first one. Went, yeah, he went around and kissed everybody. That was his thing, right? Yes, exactly. Well, after yeah. Richard Dawson, uh, Ray Combs. Um, who really just couldn't deal with it. Um, I, didn't re- I don't remember. I don't know if I've seen any shows with him. I've seen Ray Dawson. You know, yeah. Be... Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, no, Ray Combs actually took his own life. Uh, just, I mean, again, who knows why? Uh, oh, but sad. The, it is sad. Uh, let's see. Hmm. So Richard Dawson, Ray Combs, Louis Anderson. What? Yes, Louis Anderson did for a couple of years, actually. And this is one kind of surprised me. Richard Karn, the guy from uh, Tool Time with uh, Tim Allen. You know, he was his partner on the Tool Time yeah, show. Yeah, the one guy with the beard. The right? guy with the beard, exactly. Yeah. Richard Carn. I really? don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> John O'Hurley also did it for a time. He was uh, the guy who did, um, he was on Seinfeld. Uh, you know him if you saw him. He was also in uh, Best of Show. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that Steve Harvey is, is, Probably by far the most successful one of them oh all. Oh my gosh! Yeah, think? absolutely. Yeah, and and I mean he's quite good, obviously, and right. people like him, and uh, you know he does his he does his thing. Yeah, he interjects interjects that light-hearted comedy, you know, into you know, and he's his... not afraid to goof on his contestants. <laughs> yeah, and I think he really enjoys what he's doing. I think you can tell that he's having fun out there. Yeah, it sure seems like it. It sure yeah, seems and, like uh, it. You know, either that or he's a really good actor, because you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to go that far. Uh, <laughs> the, but yeah, uh, it's a fun, it's a fun show. I mean, I don't know where it ranks. I mean, I know Wheel of Fortune, you know, is number one. Of course, yeah. And uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, Wheel of Fortune is he's only had one host, right? Just, no, actually, it hasn't. There's oh. been several hosts. Uh, there was a oh, really? uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Before Pat Sajak, let me I mean see. Uh, yeah, ask uh, ask Chat who how many hosts Wheel of Fortune has had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wheel of oh yeah, wow. Wheel of Fortune before Pat Sajak. There you go. Uh, oh, Susan Stafford huh. was the original hostess until October 1982. Um, and then, uh, yeah, because I know Pat, because they just celebrated 40 years on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And now Pat Sajak's daughter's going to take over or something Is like re- that. Really? I hadn't well, read that. I don't that. know. That's kind of the, I think that was kind of the rumor. I don't know. There's huh. some people are, you know, happy about it. Some people aren't. I mean, I think she hosted, I think she hosted the other, the other month or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, anyway, yeah, game shows are fun. You know, this was fun to go through some of this, you know, in relationship to, um, you know, what people answered. Yeah, exactly. And, and what how people they feel about how they feel about different things. Exactly. Well, now we have a pretty good idea, I think. Right. And so, yeah, this is this was great. So I hope hopefully everybody that listens to this uh, has enjoyed this information. Hopefully you've learned something because that's the objective here of why I do Mark on Money is to take that and relay it. Yeah. Well, just so now, we're, now the show is over, right? Oh, all right. Well, we'll yeah. Just roll the to... credits, so to speak. There huh? you go. All right. We'll roll the credits and uh, fade out, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good.
Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. EFS Group and the Securities America companies are unaffiliated. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. If you remember these TV shows, you're getting ready to retire. Whenever I see a big pair of feet or a cheesy mustache, I'll think of you. You got spunk. I hate spunk. I'm one guy who ain't prejudiced against anybody who uh, may be less superior to me. It kind of sneaks up on you, doesn't it? Oh, gee. You deserve a secure, independent retirement. A retirement that is prepared to handle pitfalls like inflation, health emergencies, stock market volatility, and taxation. You've worked hard for your money and will work just as hard to protect it and grow it. Retirement planning doesn't have to be difficult. Get the facts-based approach that you deserve, all at no cost, with no obligation. Call Mark Eels at EFS Wealth Management, 712-224-4651. 712-224-4651. Or log on to EFS4U.com. EFS, the number 4U.com.